This is Archive Atlanta, episode 216, Model Railroad Club of Atlanta. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week I am bringing you a mini episode that I shared with Patreon subscribers like three years ago. And I decided to re-record this because there's been two small changes. So first, I found more research that dates the club to even earlier than I first thought. But two, they are no longer meeting in the building that they were meeting in when I did this episode. So those two things. Um, Also, it's just such an incredible small little rabbit hole of history. Um, I heard about it. I was at a board meeting for Historic Atlanta. This was January of 2020, so right before the pandemic. And someone's like, oh yeah, you know, there's a railroad, model railroad club, and they've been meeting in this building for 70 years or something. So I, you know, furiously start Googling, digging through the newspaper. And today I want to share the history of the hobby, the club, and the details on how they relate to Atlanta. So let's start with a brief history of the hobby itself. In the 1860s, we see the first wooden and metal toys that resembled trains. About 30 years later, a German toy company made a wind-up clock and track system to be sold along with it. Later, the toy trains would become electric. In 1896, a U.S. company developed the first electric trains on a metal track. It wouldn't be until 1901 that an electric train with a metal track was set up in a store window as a display only. But it turns out everyone coming up to the window display pretty much ignored whatever product they were trying to sell and became obsessed with the train itself. The 1920s are called the golden age of model train popularity as the hobby explodes all over the country, but still it's in very small size. The larger, more elaborate setups were still associated with very wealthy kids. File this under things you won't ever need to know, but I'm going to share it anyway. If you want to show up to a model train club meeting and impress, you're going to want to understand scaling. Standard gauge, also known as wide gauge, was a 1906 toy standard size. The O scale came around in 1915 at its earliest, and at the time it was the smallest available scale compared to standard. Now consider the largest traditional indoor model, it is thought of as the best for new hobbyists. The HO scale appeared in the 20s in an effort to offer a scaled model that could fit in any home. It is the most popular scale worldwide. In the 1930s, both the O and the HO scale trains were built from a kit by adult hobbyists. The Railroad Model Club of Atlanta was officially formed in October of 1934 at a meeting of railroad enthusiasts inside the 10 Forsyth building. Now, this building had recently been renamed, and I figured out it was basically the original Austell building. Ewing Dale, a railroad stenographer who lived at 1337 Lanier Boulevard, had constructed a very elaborate model traction system in the basement of his home. Actually, I think it was his parents' home. And so he was elected temporary general manager of the club. Paul Chapman, a city investigator, was named secretary and quote-unquote train master. And H.E. Anniker, it's a German name that I'm saying wrong, um, and he actually worked on the railroad, he was a railroad machinist, was elected superintendent of the club. 
Just four months later, the newspaper reported that the Railroad Model Club of Atlanta had begun construction on the chassis of their first model, which was a New York Central Hudson-type passenger locomotive. And then the plan was, this was their February meeting, and then the plan was that at each future meeting, they would add slowly to this model. By 1940, the club found their first official meeting location, given to them by club member Ingram Dickinson. So Dickinson's father started the Southern Belting Company in 1890. He had died in 1933, and Ingram had taken over some leadership role. And so he offered this 108 by 32 foot room at the top of the Southern Belting Company on Forsyth Street. This building still exists today. It is next to the Greyhound Station. Um, It is across the street from Magic City. No, I'm not going to explain what Magic City is if you don't already know. But it is a really beautiful, stunning building, and their club was at the very top. In 1940, 35 clubs just like theirs existed in the United States, and the Atlanta Club met the third Monday of each month and touted 25 members, only two of whom had actual railroad jobs, like working on the railroad. Inside their space was an elaborate train setup that took 55 hours to put together. And really, and I can't remember if it was like 55 hours for the first part, but in total, they worked on this for three years until they really considered it complete. There's an article from 1940 where the men are describing all of these details and parts of it. Um, There's a passenger terminal with a station. There's a storage yard. There's a freight yard, an engine terminal, a roundhouse, a coaling system. There is a peaceful stream and a waterfall, which I loved. And when fully complete, it would take 15 members to operate it at the same time, to operate it functionally. So at the outbreak of World War II, toy production is completely halted. Um, thinking about any kind of metals are using or being used for the war efforts. And so we do not see this hobby come back until the post-war period. In the early 50s, toy trains were the number one toy for young boys. There is literally not one child in America that does not have a set. And also in the 1950s, there was a clear distinction between adult and child train sets. And so the latter switched to using plastic. In that post-war period, the Railroad Model Club of Atlanta moved from the Southern Belting Building into a building they purchased on Edgewood Avenue right near Boulevard. 487 Edgewood is today home to the Old Fourth Distillery, if you're familiar with that. Um, but when they when the club moved in, their address was 487 and half. That's because it was upstairs. And they carefully moved the model train or the train set up from the Forsyth Street Building to this new one. They continued to meet the same time every month. They invited the public to see it. And the club operated here at the very least until 2022, but I think it was actually just a couple months ago in 2023. So we're talking almost 76 to 77 years. From what I can tell today, the club still meets. They meet every Monday inside the Holy Innocents Episcopal Church that's off Mount Vernon Highway. They have their full operating sessions on the first Saturday of every month, and that is open to the public and visitors, so you can email them or contact them and come see it. So there you have it, the short story of the Model Railroad Club of Atlanta. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to the podcast. There's also a Patreon link in the show notes if you want to support the work. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.